0: My name is Jenny.
1: My name is Ted.
0: My name is Gray. And,
1: and this, this is Animorphology.
0: Animorphology.
2: The invasion. The visitor. The encounter. The message. The predator. The capture. The stranger. The end. Am- the secret. The and The forgotten. The reaction. The chain. The unescapable. The, the warning. The decision. The of departure. The discovery, The discovery. The proposed threat. The weakened conspiracy. The invasion, the, the deception. The deception. The suspicion. The sacrifice. The, the, the diversion. The, answer, the beginning. Reaction. Okay,
0: so this time, the reaction. <laughs> I love this book so much.
1: Great. What was your reaction <laughs> to
2: the
0: reaction? This book was the most '90s thing that has happened right since the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> It. it might
2: even be more 90s than anything that happened in the 90s. Let's just... I was real. saying before
1: we started that maybe they stopped republishing the books because they got to this <laughs> one and they're like, we can't update it.
2: <laughs> they could totally update it. It would be about someone in One Direction. <laughs> or actually, wait, it was like 2011. Was but that like Jonas Brothers? there's so James many, James many little Brothers? details. That so might have been after Jonas Brothers. We should we should hear what the book is about. Ted, do you want to fill us in?
1: Sure. So here's, here's the 60-second summary of the book, The Reaction so it starts out with cassie and rachel at the zoo and they see a boy fall into the crocodile pit so cassie runs for help and rachel decides that she's just got to save him from getting eaten so she jumps into the crocodile pit doing some cool gymnastics and acquires and morphs a big scary crocodile in order to save the boy but when she is acquiring the crocodile she feels really nauseous and it turns out she has an allergy to crocodile dna (laughs)
2: Grace shaking her head.
1: So she doesn't realize that at the time, obviously. So later on, they're telling Rachel off for being, you know, a big dumb hero. And they find out that teen heartthrob Jeremy Jason McCole is going to be endorsing this sharing on TV in their town in a couple of days. Rachel and Cassie have a huge crush on him, as do most of the girls in the world, probably. (laughs) And it turns out that, um, Rachel's allergy triggers whenever she feels intense emotions. So while she's swooning over photos of this guy on the internet coming up with a plan to uh, stop him from endorsing the sharing, she begins morphing uncontrollably, first into the crocodile and then directly into a fly and then an elephant, which collapses her house in on itself. Uh, But thankfully, she doesn't kill either of her sisters who are in the house with her. So the local interest news picks up the story about the unlucky girl who fell into a crocodile pit, and then had her house <laughs> fall in on her. So Rachel leverages that into booking a spot on the same TV show as um, Jeremy Jason McCall. And so Rachel doesn't really fess up to what her allergy means, that weird stuff has been happening to anyone except for Cassie. So while they are investigating Jeremy Jason McColl's yacht in Seagull Morph, a couple things happen. First, they learn that Jeremy Jason McCall is going to become a voluntary controller so that he can become a movie star, which uh, Rachel finds... Horrifying. And um, Visser 3 is on the yacht and sees Rachel have an allergic reaction and chases them away with a leptin javelin fish. Uh, But Rachel turns into a crocodile and bites him and he deflates like a balloon and flies into the air. So they get away. Finally, she talks to Axe about her allergy and Axe is like, you're going to get over it in time, going through a process called a herethylent, which um, involves burping the problematic DNA from your body in the form of an entire animal created using extra masks from Z-Space. And Rachel lies to everyone and says that this has already happened to her, so she can still go on TV. She just convinces herself as long as she remains unemotional, it'll be fine. But, of course, Rachel has an anger problem. So when she's getting ready to go on TV, the makeup artist yanks on her hair too hard and she starts morphing. And uh, through an escalating series of wacky hijinks... (laughs) Marco morphs into a llama. Cassie morphs into a squirrel. (laughs) Rachel runs to the bathroom and expels the crocodile while morphing into a grizzly bear. There's a long and involved chase scene where a bunch of animals kind of end up on TV. But thankfully, the guest before Jeremy, Jason, Nicole, and Rachel is uh, someone who has a bunch of animals with him. Such as the llama. So there's plausible deniability. And in the fracas... The yurk thinks that Jeremy Jason McColl is going to get eaten by the burped crocodile and climbs out of his ear and gets squished by Rachel as she's running away. And Cassie morphs Rachel in order to provide cover for a suspicious controller. At the end, they learn that Jeremy Jason McColl has moved to Uzbekistan and is off the grid. And all the Animorphs watch TV together. The end. (laughs)
0: Nicely done, Ted. This is a crazy book, pandemonium. Yeah, there are just there's so much in this that made me laugh and n- made me nostalgic for the 90s. Yeah, there's also a lot that just again I feel uh, there are many things that don't make a lot of sense. Full body sneezing, for example. <laughs> I don't know what you're
2: thinking. talking about. It makes perfect well, sense.
1: So th- I like this book a lot. The third act. I think is perfect. Like everything <laughs> yeah. about the ending is like yep. super hilarious. But I feel like it's a totally different kind of Animorphs book. It's completely episodic. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really reference a lot of stuff that happened before, uh, which is pretty different from what the Animorphs books have done so far.
2: It doesn't have any angst in
1: it. Yeah, there's no angst at all. There's, like,
2: some passing references to how hard the war is and all that, but, like, this book is just a break from that. Yep, mm-hmm. Rachel doesn't
1: have an arc. None of the characters really yeah. have an arc. No, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. except for Jeremy Jason McColl, who does have an arc. I guess. <laughs> it's not a great arc for him. But...
1: Rachel has an arc about her feelings for him, That's for true. sure.
2: So, Gray, who do
0: you think Jeremy Jason McColl is supposed to be? Jeremy Jason McColl is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I know this because he is on a show called Powerhouse, yep. which when it was first referenced, I thought, I wonder if that's like Home Improvement. And then the <laughs> next thing was about Jeremy D. S. Nichols. Like, oh, it is. Okay. Yes, it's exactly like yep. Home Improvement. It He's is... the star, except for that comedian guy who plays his dad. It's the funniest thing, you guys. This is It's just the most 90s book that has ever 90s it's all about jonathan taylor thomas and how dreamy he is
1: (laughs) (laughs) and ultimately how shallow
0: yes and the sort of phenomenon
2: of like teen idol worship yeah teen crushes
1: this is also the rachel and cassie friendship book that i've been wanting to read for so
2: long
1: yes and like you know to have their friendship be based around this mutual crush it's like a little silly but at the same time you get a lot of them interacting and supporting each other
2: yeah, it's clearly not like the basis of their friendship. Like, it's not right. like they but met the at thing the Jerry
1: they, Jason you know,
0: McCall fan club.
1: And they've but, both had yeah. a crush on him since they were ten. So yeah. it's like th- three years yeah. of history of their friendship of mooning over this guy.
0: It is sweet to see their friendship because they're very supportive. Like Cassie shows up in the hospital when Rachel has yeah. an elephant morph destroyed her home, and hangs out with her and like calms her down, and isn't judgy about the terrible decisions that rachel makes throughout this book right that's true when she's in the hotel
1: she's like cassie is embarrassed on rachel's behalf because she's like rachel you're lying to me come on
0: (laughs) you know i can tell when you're lying you're just like yeah i forgot about that (laughs) it is a great friendship moment between the two of them which is nice because as you say, we haven't seen that before. But also, there isn't overly much of the other relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a ton about... There's almost no Rachel and Tobias. There's like a little... There are a few
2: indications. Mm-hmm. But this is mostly about Rachel's crush on Jeremy, Jason, and Cole. Exactly. Tobias has no place in this relationship. Right. But Tobias also doesn't seem particularly threatened by it, which is nice. Yeah.
1: I thought it was funny that she called out... Jake and Cassie for not even admitting their crush to each other, and then has Whoa. no interior thoughts about That's how she so likes Tobias. I'm wondering when we're going to get something from Rachel's perspective that admits that I'm excited she feels special feelings for him.
0: It's going to be one of the last books, <laughs> <laughs> fifty-three. Yes, exactly. And finally, Rachel will have an interior moment where she has actual introspection about. The world and her place she she has some introspection i thought this
2: book has an interesting opening actually it gives us less about the war and the horror of it than we usually get like i'm not sure it even really fully establishes the stakes and i think that's because of the kind of book it is this is not a war book this is like right. a, okay let's do some wackiness book but it does have a lot of rachel's reflections on herself Like, we have a slightly different take on her. Like, in book seven, we had the, like, people say I'm pretty. I don't know, and I really don't care. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how unrealistic and problematic that was. And in this one, it's people say I'm pretty, and I guess I'm okay. People say I'm self-confident, and I know that's true. I did love that. (laughs) I liked a lot more. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see not wanting to be like, people say I'm pretty, and yeah, I am. Like, Mm -hmm. it still would be me, you know. Maybe better if there were less baggage around acknowledging good things about yourself. But I really like that she was able to be like, yeah, I am really Mm self-confident.
1: It's true. And the whole first bit where she jumps into the crocodile pit is reckless. But it's so awesome. She's, yes. it's like a, it's yeah. It's like an amazing badass moment. She talks about how she's a gymnast and she's mm-hmm. like, she doesn't just fall like 20 feet into the pit. She's making sure she does it okay. She scrapes up her hands and stuff mm-hmm. and she's not morphing. She's just like, she calls herself an amateur gymnast, but yeah. she's yeah. just like jumping in and she's like,
0: it's like the uneven parallel, like bars. The parallel bars, doesn't really
1: have a plan and then manages to get out mm-hmm. of it alive.
0: Although I did really appreciate immediately before she hurls herself into the crocodile pit as Cassie is going for help, she grabs Rachel, looks her in the eye and says, don't do anything (laughs) stupid, and then runs away to get help. And Rachel goes okay, and then jumps into the, <laughs> <dragon on> the <laughs> then,
2: I love that. Like, Cassie knew it was going to happen. She knew she couldn't do anything to prevent it, but she had to try. Just, right. It's
1: more for Cassie's sake than for yeah. Rachel's sake.
2: I think Cassie's an optimist. <laughs> I did what I could to try and prevent this situation. It was very funny. There was a lot of the Animorphs being themselves in a very lighthearted way in this book. Right. Like, yeah. we get that right after the extremely excellent exchange about how Cassie's mom thinks... The band is Nice is Neat, not Nine Inch Nails, because Cassie wanted to buy the album. And Rachel's like, that doesn't sound like you. You know, it doesn't even sound like your kind of music. It sounds like, you know, something Marco would do. And Cassie's like, yeah, it was his idea. He wanted to, like, make a tape from my CD. I love this
1: (laughs) so much. This is such a good Cassie moment. And now that I have kind of a better sense of who Cassie's parents are, like, Mm -hmm. when we saw them, Cassie's super earnest, but her parents are, like have a great sense of humor yeah so i'm pretty sure this whole thing about cassie's mom like making faux pas in front of her teenage daughter is completely intentional oh you're so right so with the nicest thing she's like this is amazing (laughs) cassie's obviously lying to me but it's so sweet i'm gonna let her buy this album that's totally fine I'm 100 percent sure that Cassie's the only one who daughter, thinks yeah. that this That's is a good point. successful. Yeah, because
2: like Cassie's mom would like she she would definitely know yeah. that the band is not nice as neat. Yeah.
0: So the other bands that uh, her oh, mother yes. might, might make faux pas about uh, are the Fugees, Snoop Doggy Dog, and Boys Two Men, which her mother calls respectively the Fudgies. Snoop Diggity Dog or Boys Eleven Men. <laughs> See, Boys
1: Eleven Men is such a good joke. It must be intentional. It's it's,
0: yes.
2: Cassie just doesn't realize that her mom just wants to embarrass her in front of her friends. Right.
1: It's so
0: funny. I loved Yeah, that whole sequence was just... And it was such a middle school
2: sequence of like, my mom is giving a presentation to my friends. I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. She's going to say embarrassing things and then I'll have to move. <laughs>
1: This is another great friendship moment in them because they're both talking past each other. Yep. Like, Rachel's just talking about the zoo and, like, making weird jokes about it. And Cassie's completely in her own head, getting more and more anxious about the upcoming presentation.
2: Yeah, that seems to be how their conversations go. Right. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seems to work for both of them. Right. Yeah. So we do see Rachel having this recklessness, this sort of like, okay, this is probably a dumb idea, I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. Like, we see it when she jumps into the crocodile pit, when she doesn't tell anyone but Cassie about the allergy because she wants to go on the mission, Mm -hmm. when she then pretends the allergy is over because she wants to go on the TV show. They're clearly problematic. It's like not wrestled with at all, which I think is actually fairly typical of these books that like the characters have arcs, but it's usually arcs of them learning how to deal with stuff. It's not usually arcs of like them learning a lesson about themselves.
1: And I think Mm -hmm.
2: those arcs are much longer. Like, I feel like the learning about themselves and, or like learning lessons where like maybe they changed their, like, I feel like that's sort of a series long, like maybe development. Like we've seen some slight changes in people like Jake growing into his leadership. And I feel like the books don't tend to wrap up like Rachel learns not to be reckless in like one book.
1: Well, that's actually interesting because book seven, the last Rachel book, ends with her She's been wrestling with her identity as an animorph and whether she wants mm-hmm. to go away with her dad. And at the end she's like, No, I'm gonna save the world. And this yeah. this book is almost like Rachel's totally confident. She's in her <laughs> she's in her role. Yeah. She's gonna save this kid from a crocodile. She's gonna make her decisions that she needs to make.
2: Yeah. The books often yeah, the books often wrestle with their the relationship between them and the war. They're very rarely like behaviorally corrective. Like, their character flaws or, like, problematic tendencies do not tend to get addressed within the space of a book, I feel like.
1: Right. Speaking of, like, how this book isn't related to the war, there are a couple of quotes that I felt like were talking about this pretty directly. In that same intro, there's the line, when you live in an insane world, you have to hold on to the little things. Mm. And this is a really low-stakes book. And then later she says, I know it's dumb to have a crush on some actor you only know from TV, but it's a nice, normal kind of dumb which is very much what this book is. It's yeah. a nice, normal kind of dumb for the animorphs.
2: Yeah, and the things that are dangerous are anamorphs-provoked, but they're all very... Except for, I mean, there are definitely... So there's some interaction with this or 3, but like being in the vice principal's office and being afraid of getting caught at something, having something dangerous happen at your house and fearing that your sisters might have been harmed by it. Like a lot of the stakes are... The animorph stakes aren't gone, but like they're more
0: normal life situations. Except for the allergy that makes her morphin. Oh yeah, no, it's not
2: like the in morph stuff is gone, but it, like it, it, it ha- There are a lot more stakes that are. Th- there's a lot more juxtaposition of like the normal life in general, which right. is why this is like such a good book for me.
1: But there, there's also stuff. like the vice principal thing is really interesting because. So she starts turning into a grizzly bear in Chapman's office, and her just her feet change, <laughs> and the way she gets out of it is she's like. I have these, I'm confident and I have these cool boots and Chapman's like, oh, you kids will wear anything, you know. <laughs> but it's so interesting because people seeing them morphing is like such a big deal. It's such a closely held yep. secret. And then like, like five times in this book, there are like normal people who see Rachel metamorph, and then like very conveniently, there are no consequences of it, <laughs> yeah. right? It's yeah. like, Twisting the rules for this particular story mm. in an interesting way. Because you could imagine that just any one of those five instances in a book that was taking itself a little more seriously could be played out for, like, really big stakes. It's like, yeah. oh, like, That's true. what do we do about this hairdresser who has seen me have
0: morph? <laughs> just pretend I need more conditioner. It's fine. Right. Even yeah. all the viscer 3 stuff, too. I mean, he sees a seagull morph into... She morph into the, the elephant, elephant first. Yep. And... That's really interesting too because he knows that's impossible. Right. Yeah. Is he gonna think they're like morphing elephants or morphing seagulls? Like morph capable elephants or seagulls around? Right. I mean the stakes again, you know, become very low and the only bad thing that happens out of the viscer experience I mean they get injured, but like it's not that bad. And also then she bites a hole into him and he turns yeah. out he's like a balloon. <laughs> yeah, <and> he flies <laughs> away like a balloon. Flies <laughs>
1: I can see it in my head. It's very
2: silly. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah, no one actually gets speared in a really dangerous way and has to morph out to avoid death.
1: The one moment that is jumping out to me that was serious and they kind of glossed over it is that when she morphs the crocodile for the first time, she's like, I want to eat this child. Yep, yep. Too bad there's another crocodile here. So either I can try and eat the child very quickly <laughs> or fight the crocodile. Yeah. Okay. And she tries to eat the kid. But thankfully, the other <laughs> crocodile chooses to attack her. And, like, wow, she doesn't weird. really grapple that with that at all. And it's pretty horrible. But it's okay, you know? And then she yeah. ends up being like, <laughs> what does she say? She, like, in order to save the kid, she's like, hey, kid, I'm the good crocodile. climb on <laughs> my back.
0: Which is amazing. And the kid is young enough that that isn't weird to him. Yeah, right. Like, okay, good crocodile climbs on her back and then she saves him.
2: <laughs> Thank goodness that kid was young enough.
0: You know, one of my nephews is three and I can definitely see him being like, Good crocodile. Fabulous. Let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah. So I was very worried for the child, but also thought, yeah, that seems about right. You get the right age of a toddler and they'll climb on any crocodile's back. Crocodile yeah. tells them they're the good ones. <laughs> I feel like
2: that was very realistic, not just for the, the tone of the book, but for Rachel's character, that she didn't grapple with the thing where the crocodile like wanted, where she like did try to eat the kid. Mm-hmm. Because I think, cause as we've talked about before, she is someone who really likes absolutes, and she likes to come up with a thought about an issue and then move on. And I think for her, this would be like, okay, the crocodile mind took over. It wanted to do this thing. I was able to stop it. Great. <laughs> like, I was eventually able to stop it. She's not going to, like, dwell on, like, what well, was there, like, a part of me that wanted to do that? Why wasn't I able to control the crocodile in time? Like, no, she's very practical.
0: Like, it didn't
2: happen.
1: That's a great point.
0: Yeah. The other thing they don't really grapple with so much is Rachel essentially lying to them and putting the whole team in danger. Yeah, They yell at her a little bit. Yeah, and it's a really uncomfortable scene where Jake, now they understand what has been happening with Rachel, Mm -hmm. and Jake says, you really need to tell us about this because you put everyone in danger and you can't do this anymore. And Cassie and Tobias are trying to kind of be very kind to her about it, and Rachel realizes that she has very much messed up. Mm-hmm. and so her solution for that is lying again <laughs> and doing exactly yeah. the same thing but worse Yeah, um, it's something that they don't really grapple with so much they kind of have this big denouement and then they just leave it and watch TV together and I feel like to some extent if it were a more serious book the stakes of her ability to kind of do this morph to morph thing and then lie about about fixing the problem would probably be a bigger deal than it is here
2: yeah
0: and we have seen this kind of behavior from her um in the past but also from
2: other people like in book two where she's like yeah no nothing went wrong in the mission all right i'm just gonna go back into chapman's house and they don't believe her and secretly put jake on her back and play more and yes this is sort of an ongoing group dynamic thing that clearly
1: but it's not like you're saying it's not just rachel Right, yeah. it's whoever the narrator is. Yeah, like, that's true. Just in the last book, Jake has the same thing. There's a new like morphing oh, yeah. weirdness where he's having these visions, and he doesn't say anything. If he'd said anything about it, they could have known. You know, like I mean, there's no reference to that having happened at all in in this book, which that's is which is fine. But yeah. like, Jake isn't a stranger to keeping secrets.
2: Yeah, it's not really a Rachel thing. It might be more of like a human thing, an animorphs thing. I don't know. It is something that it feels like it would be. A little unrealistic to have like resolve within a book but they don't address it even at the end which is a little weird i
1: also wonder if it's because jake's really guilting her because the mission failed that's at least what he's using and so maybe it's just a little bit like well it worked out you know like <laughs> we all got out of it and yeah. we accomplished our goal and so jake and it doesn't feel like, hard
2: to accomplish that goal in any other way
1: right but maybe he doesn't feel like yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't care because the mission went okay. That's. It's interesting yeah. that you say hard to accomplish the goal any other way, because let's talk about that. <laughs> the way they accomplish the goal is by having the crocodile maul Jeremy Jason McColl, who's not a very sympathetic oh, wait, character. Only almost maul. No. Doesn't he get bitten by the crocodile?
2: I don't think so. I think it's that he seems like he's about to be bitten by I think
1: he gets bitten by the crocodile. All right.
2: Let's look this up.
1: So in, when Rachel... At the beginning, when Rachel gives us like a preview of what's going to happen, she talks about how grisly it gets at the end. Mm. And then there's definitely something where like the crocodile lets go of oh, um, no. Jeremy Jason.
0: Yeah. So she <laughs> she does. she's It's part of the Hertha lint the DNA burping thing. And so she's oh. in, yeah, she, she races right at Jeremy Jason McCole and then Fights him on the shoulder.
1: No, 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 no. that's her crocodile. human. That's mouth. That's her the human mouth, right? Okay. No, there
2: is a line, and suddenly the crocodile let go of Jeremy Jason. Yeah, you're right, Ted. He had bitten him in some way, like he so, probably had his leg in his mouth.
1: So it's actually, it's actually the fact that there's a burped crocodile mm-hmm. here is a pretty convenient plot way for them to get around.
2: It's like the Disney villain falling off the roof. Exactly. If Rachel
1: had to, if she was in Crocodile Morph and had to in the moment decide, should I maim this guy in order to ruin his cuteness and thus his power to get girls into the sharing? That would be a super dark choice for her to have to make. Right. So it's great that there's this. Escape crocodile. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right.
1: Escape
0: croc. Go with that. That whole scene was so confusing and just amazing. It was so amazing. It just... It reminded me
2: of... you. Have you guys seen the Wallace and Gromit movies? Oh, yeah. They always have the really wacky chase scenes at the end. That's this felt like.
1: It's perfect. All the pieces come together.
2: No, it definitely did. And then... <laughs> what are you morphing, Cassie? Um, um, a squirrel. <laughs> Why? That was all I could think of. <laughs> and Marco's this, like, insane, like, brave llama who, like, keeps running at the crocodile and getting thrown off. Like, his
0: feet skittering on the wax floor. Which reminded me so much of the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yes. Llama.
1: Even the narration gets in on the the silliness of it all. Like, when they run into Marco the Llama and the trainers are coming to get him and it says, like, Marco gave a little llama look to his left.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be on TV! <laughs> I think one of my favorite... Moments of that whole scene was they're on this talk show with two hosts. Who are they supposed to be? Was that like a direct equivalent of something? I couldn't
2: think of anything. Regis and Kathy Lee around at that time? I don't know.
0: Maybe, but they didn't. Barry and Cindy Sue. Yeah, so it was Barry and the Barry and Cindy Sue show, and during this whole insane scene where the animals are all running around. Barry is just yelling get a stapler get a stapler <laughs> at least that's what Rachel thinks she's uh, a little distracted <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, such a wonderful reaction
2: to a llama a crocodile I also love how Cindy Sue is like could somebody please have what's his name like Bart come get his animals <laughs> 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 he's like they're not mine there's like a rogue crocodile Of course, Bart knew better than to get involved in a fight between a crocodile and a bear. They are my animals, you silly twit. He yelled at Cindy Sue. That's not what he yelled, incidentally. No, it's not.
0: But it'll work. (laughs) Oh, man, that's so fun. The whole... It's just all insane, and I love it so much. I really loved... So we don't get a lot of acts in this book. We get some of
2: acts being like, "What are you all talking about? I'm so confused because he has no idea about mm-hmm. human culture." But then at the end, like you have this whole thing like in book 7, the grizzly bear most terrifying morph possible. Right. And then Rachel morphs the grizzly as she's expelling the crocodile uh, just like as part of her allergic reaction. Fortunately, she could have morphed something much less convenient. And She's like, yeah, I was in Grizzly Morph and, like, oh, and I would never have believed anything was that much stronger than a grizzly. But when the crocodile thrashed, we all knew it. And so now, like, the grizzly has been one up. Here's this crocodile. And then she's like, I don't think, like, there's, like, nothing that could defeat a crocodile. And then Axe, like, as soon as the lights go out and Axe can, like, jump onto the set, he's just like, plack, 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 with his tail that Croc's dead. Yeah. Such a great view of Mm Axe. He is so formidable. Yeah.
0: He is. He also has one of my favorite lines. In this, where when they're fighting with Vizer three in the javelin fish morph, mm-hmm. the first thing Axe says is, Oh, I've always wanted to see one of those. <laughs> and then halfway through the battle, he goes, I've changed my mind. I do not think I want to see a left hand javelin fish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's
2: getting funnier. He's saying out with Margot.
1: It is an interesting. So the fish is like, it's like a giant yellow pancake, and it sh- the javelins are like, fighter jet missiles that are blue and green and striped that it shoots out of its mouth. Yeah, and
2: I guess it grows them organically, like, but it can separate those parts. It's like if we were able to, like, remove our teeth and, like, shoot them at people. Right. Gross. Yeah. Should we talk about my actual favorite line in this? I bet you guys know what it is. What is it? So Cassie has morphed Rachel because the idea is they don't want Rachel to be implicated by all this stuff. There needs to be a Rachel around. So Cassie acquired Rachel earlier. She morphs Rachel and is like talking to the show producer and the guy's like, yeah, are you okay? I'm a little, uh, <laughs> for a moment there, yeah, you know, for a moment there, I wondered about you, but the crocodile has been destroyed and yet here you are. And Rachel's like, oh yeah, this guy's definitely a controller. And Rachel's like hiding so he doesn't see her. And so they're like standing on this set, like in the dark, it's chaos. And Cassie's like, yeah, I, I'm getting out of here. I have to find my dad. He's here somewhere. It would help if someone would like, you know, get things organized. Cassie pushed past the man. I turned my face away, not wanting to surprise her. Andalite, the man snapped. My heart stopped. He was testing Cassie, waiting to see if she would react, if she would recognize the word. If Cassie hesitated or stopped, he would know. He would know. I shouldn't even have worried. When he rapped out the word andalite, she kept walking and without hesitation said, Yeah, a light would be helpful too. <laughs> it was. <went so> <laughs> it's like the whole series has been building up to that thought. <laughs> Andalites were like named in book one. Here we are, twelve books later, plus some extras. Yeah, and here's finally get the pun.
1: <laughs> incredible, incredible badass Cassie moment too. Yes, to compliment Rachel's badass moment in the beginning. And the, I love the way Rachel describes Cassie earlier. She says Cassie's probably the most capable, in charge, amazing person I will ever meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is like a much nicer way to frame their friendship instead of I don't even know why we're friends. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because I noticed, so she introduces Jake and is like, Jake's in charge, not because he'd ever want to be, it's just, you know, we look to him naturally and he doesn't want the power, so that's good. And then she introduces, like, Cassie is, like, super amazing. And then she's like, Marco's not the leadership type. She doesn't really address whether Cassie or herself is leadership type. Like, it's just not uh, really. It's like Marco or Jake would be the viable options for leader. Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's interesting. The other piece, right after that Andalite joke, which is fantastic... Cassie and Rachel have a wonderful exchange where (laughs) Cassie says, Oh good, you're back. It's a good thing. I'm having the worst time trying to control this morph. (laughs) Rachel says, You're having trouble being me? What could be hard about that? Cassie, she raised an eyebrow in a way that looked as much like Cassie as it did like me. This brain of yours keeps trying to get me to do really (laughs) dumb things. (laughs) I love
1: it. Right. Well, so there are a couple things. So first, I actually appreciate the fact that the Yorks were onto Rachel because we were yeah. saying it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's so convenient that nobody notices or whatever. Yeah. But like at least at least it was suspicious. And then mm-hmm. Cassie has this amazing pun that saves saves the day <laughs> at the end here. So like check that box. Puns
2: just saved the world, guys. Right. Just so you know. Right. Always. But
1: it's also interesting in such a lighthearted book that they cross this threshold for the first time where Cassie morphs Rachel, right? Because we've had oh, Axe yeah. morphing the Animorphs, but we haven't yeah. had the Animorphs morphing each other yet. That's true. And so they don't grapple with that at all. And it, they use this kind of, like, excuse where Cassie's just like, I promise I will never use this morph in, like, a creepy or bad way before she acquires <laughs> Rachel. And, of course, you trust Cassie because... it's Cassie. Yeah. There's, it's not going to be problematic at all. But it's so... It's such a weird thing to do. And, like, yeah. like the different humans have different instincts. You know, Apparently like, some morphs have do. had different memories. Well, I think this is Cassie just... just <laughs> messing
2: with Rachel. Messing with Rachel. Maybe.
1: But it is, it is like, a weird, weird thing for them to do. And then they don't really talk about it and Rachel doesn't feel that weird about seeing herself um, she has a yeah, moment where actually. she's like, "Oh, I hear, I heard my own voice, and that was kind of weird." But yeah,
2: it didn't—it sounded familiar, but not quite.
1: Yeah. And then she realized it's there's no voice. there's no existential angst associated with it. Like, which, does that
2: mean Cassie's I guess, me now? You of know?
1: all of all the people to not worry about it, Rachel is definitely. Well, yeah, it's worried. kind of the
2: perfect pair because Cassie is the most trustworthy, like morally, of any of the animorphs, and Rachel is the one who would least be concerned about this and who's the most self confident, so she wouldn't really care about seeing herself from the outside. Right. Also, the fact that it was the two girls is probably, like, an easier thing. And, yeah, it's... As opposed to two of the guys? Or
1: you just mean, obviously, to- Marco isn't going to be morphing Rachel without <laughs> it being a
2: huge issue. As opposed to, yeah, like, a guy and a girl. But, like, also, even I think two of the guys would be more of a thing. They would feel more self-conscious about it. Like, with the other guy, like, judging their body or whatever? And, like, Rachel is, like, doesn't care about that. She's totally comfortable with her own mm-hmm. body. And also, I think that there is just, like, a different set of pressures on girls around, like bodies like it's a little bit I feel like the idea of some like a, a different guy being in your body would probably trigger some like no homo stuff for the guys in a way that like it wouldn't for the girls yeah like, just like because of cultural expectations but
1: way back in book three we were talking about morphing other people and like mm-hmm. how that morphing a person of color would be could be a very transformative experience yeah. to have and they don't really address or at least maybe we will hear from Cassie at some point in the future probably yeah. not but like the fact that she's this tall, everyone calls beautiful, white girl. Yeah,
0: very different it's, experience it's probably, in the world. Yeah,
1: probably something that would be interesting to hear her take on. So,
0: Especially because Cassie was the one who was so concerned about taking on animals that are kind of too that's close true. to humans. You know, she yeah. had that whole thing about the dolphins and, you know, is it, am I becoming them? What do they think about this? And that's not really addressed here. And I think part of it is, as we said then, that The animorphs are able to kind of give permission for Mm -hmm. this, so it's not. She also doesn't really ask. Part of it's like the book is very lighthearted. Also, Rachel's perspective, like she just doesn't care about that stuff Mm as much.
2: Right,
1: and we've never gotten we've gotten Axe as a human from Axe's point of view, but we haven't gotten the animorphs. Yeah, we weren't in Cassie's point of view there. So that'll be interesting if we get that. Yeah, I would love
2: to see that. Yeah, speaking of one-liners, we. So both Cassie and Rachel are just, like, super great at the one-liners in this and, like, the deflection. Because we also have Rachel's line about, like, where she's morphed Grizzly Bear, like, up to her knees. And she walks out of Chapman's office and Chapman's, like, giving her a weird look. And she's like, oh, you like my boots? <laughs> and, and that's just, like, so well played.
0: Well done, Rachel.
1: Completely ridiculous. <laughs> I love it.
0: I did wonder about the scene where she, heard just her legs morph and she's like, at my cool boots. Yes, but your shoes are still under Chapman's Oh, no, desk. she stuffed them in her backpack. Oh, I missed yeah, that. I that. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's very she's she's smooth.
1: Um, Cassie's got a good line at the end when um, Rachel, someone, one of the TV show people calls Rachel Falling Girl, and it's like, Who are you, Cassie? <laughs> Cassie's like, Oh,
2: I'm, I'm Disaster. I'm, t- I'm Falling no, I'm, Girl's I'm partner. I'm Falling Girl's partner, dropping chick. Dropping, <laughs>
1: dropping chick. <laughs> <laughs> and then the. the this just gives her, like, the weirdest <laughs> look.
2: <Just laughs> okay, I want this superhero TV show now. Falling girl and dropping chick.
0: <laughs> Falling girl, dropping chick, and the llama. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, the llama is their sidekick. The llama keeps going on about how cute it
1: is. Oh, man. Um, I love it. It's just a more great Cassie moment. So, when, so before Marco was the llama, the, the llama is an actual llama that has escaped mm-hmm. from this guy who's on the TV show. Actually,
2: I'm pretty sure that's still Marco. (laughs) They
1: run into him, like, running down the hall. And Cassie says, cool. Her eyes lit up the way they do when she sees any animal. It's a llama. They're really neat animals, you know? And then she starts to go (laughs) on, and Rachel cuts her off. And then later when they... Are coming out of the dressing room because Jeremy Jason McCall kicked them out. The Llama is there again, just hanging out uh-huh. being a Llama, and they're just <laughs> chatting. <and then> saying, <laughs> if you're waiting
2: to get made up, you can forget it. I told the Llama, "You're not a big enough star." Maybe not, but I will be someday. The Llama said, "Yeah."
1: <laughs> right. and I and then, they, then they freak out. Marco is the Llama, <laughs> but then Cassie, of course, is like, "What happened to the real Llama?" <laughs> yeah, because she's really worried about it.
2: Yeah.
0: No. Of course. Yeah. Marco would never hurt the real Lava, maybe. Such a great scene. I mean, the whole the whole last bit of this, the last episode, mm-hmm. as you say it is Yeah, the last exciting. third of the book. It's so funny.
1: When Jeremy Jason McCall comes into the dressing room and Rachel's like, I have to be completely emotionless. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, so are you on the show too? And then she tries to sound like a robot. Yes, I <laughs> am on the show too.
2: <laughs> yes, I am on the show too.
1: And then he gives Cassie a hug and Rachel's like jealous and also like, oh God, it's such a close call. If he had hugged me like he had Cassie, I would have morphed. I would have morphed big time.
2: (laughs) Okay. So when I read these, I couldn't actually, I don't think, identify with this. Like I didn't have crushes on celebrities when I was a teenager, like sort of maybe later, but like, and yet I, I loved the celebrity crush antics so much.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was not into JTT, uh-huh. but I knew lots of people who were and had posters of him on the wall and got very excited <laughs> when he broke out of TV and had his first um, movies that uh-huh. were starring him, including a very horrendous Christmas movie <laughs> that I distinctly remember. Of course. So I well, thought this was good.
1: And there's the whole thing with Rachel's younger sister where Rachel's kind of like, maybe this won't be so bad. Like, like hey, if there were a
0: club you Jordan.
2: You. <laughs> She's like, what club? What club? What club? It's so good. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. This would have played very differently, I think, if it had been a, like, female TV star and, like, that the guys were all into. Totally. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it made me think about, like, the way that we feel okay about, like, this direction of sort of the worship and, like, the power dynamics that exist between teenage boys and teenage girls. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crappy the way that our culture tends to, like, really look down, like, belittle the obsessions of teenage girls. Like, you know, no adult would ever admit to, like, being into one direction because that's what teenage girls like. And, like, and teenage girls are, like you know, just kind of silly and vapid, and it's this real problem. And, and like, their obsessions are somehow really dumb and unhealthy, unlike mm-hmm. adult men's obsessions with sports, which are very rational. Right. And
1: or adult easy. men's obsessions with <laughs> girls in bikinis, the yeah. same way 13-year-old yeah, yeah, yeah. boys are obsessed with them. Right? Yeah, so, yeah,
0: yeah. There's a Yasmin Bleeth reference in this, which is right. very yeah. funny. And so I was, I was trying to think, like, I don't think this book is, like, I don't think it really portrays it badly
2: Mm -hmm. um i did really like how there are times when rachel's obsession was actually like or rachel's like teenage girlness was very powerful like when she was leaving chapman's office office was like oh you like my boots like she was able to get away with that like she was sort of like tapping into this like stereotype and Mm -hmm. like her obsession with jeremy jason her and cassie's obsession with jeremy jason mccall like led them to realize the danger that this was posing and like Helped her get onto the talk show and everything, and she like leveraged the like, oh, daddy, there's this boy, like, mm-hmm, right. in the show because of that. And the other, yeah, so I feel like that was kind of a strength. Of course, the fact that all the girls and, are obsessed with him was maybe a liability. I don't know.
1: Well, and I also like that her tough girl persona is part of her functioning in the group, and I really like how she's when they're finally debriefing the whole morphing allergy thing and how it's triggered by emotions and stuff. And she has a real tough time admitting <laughs> that it was her crush feelings that triggered it for the first time. And Cassie yeah. kind of outs her, like, we were just talking on the phone and you were looking at pictures of him <laughs> on websites, two words, capital W. Whoa.
0: <laughs> yes. And Marco makes so... So much fun of her. Marco's like, I didn't know you were capable of normal human
2: emotions, let alone pathetic hero worship or whoever he Yeah, it. and
0: he's like, "Cassie, Cassie's weakness is love. I'm like, shut up, Marco. That's not helpful. Yeah, you're obsessed with girls in bikinis. What are you going on mm-hmm. about? There was actually, I wanted to ask about this because maybe this was just a word that I missed, but when she is doing the internet things, websites, two words, capital W, mm-hmm. she says that... I'm sorry. There must be at least
1: it. 20 websites dedicated to Cherry <laughs> Jason Nicole.
0: Yes. And and you know they all had like colorful backgrounds and like moving like little gif icons. Mm-hmm. Yep, Yeah.
1: And she Marquee finally tags.
0: She finally finds his actual home She had to wait through several busy signals. Oh man. And then she calls Cassie. I was actually wondering if she had to log off. In order oh, to call her,
2: they must have multiple
0: phone lines. They must. That's very fancy. They fancy are fancy. There, yeah. Well, she's a lawyer. Her mom's well, a lawyer, true. so that's true. possibly that's it. But she then says she was doing that thing she always does when she's on the internet. I don't know what happened. All right, I was online with a dash between on and line, getting kind <laughs> of loggy. L O G Y. Loggy.
1: Loggy. Right? Loggy.
2: I don't actually know how that word is pronounced. I think it's what Log-y. does that mean?
1: Um, like sluggish. It's not a. Yeah, it's not, it's a, not a. It's girl not word a reference a to like word.
2: logging on or
0: anything. No.
2: Okay, logie. I, I think is how
1: you would say.
0: Never it. heard that word before. Yeah, I don't. It's not used very often. No, hmm. I. I honestly looked at it and thought, "Are we?"
1: Is this an is, ebook is, transcription error? What is happening here?
0: Never <laughs> heard before, and I know a lot of words.
2: So speaking of 90s references, mm-hmm. this book is like all 90s references. There were some great sports star references. <gasps>
0: Brett Favre.
2: Yeah, Brett Favre, Wayne Gretzky, and Michael Jordan are mm-hmm. the three three sports stars. And then we find out that Jeremy Jason Nicole has Baywatch power, Yasmeen Bleeth power. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also the, you know, Rachel's in the hotel, like, ordering room service. She's like, I didn't care about healthy eating. I didn't care about fat. I was like, "This is such a '90s understanding of healthy eating."
0: Right. <laughs> it's like you know, I should get fat-free everything that'll make me healthy. Mm-hmm. The sports references made me really happy because I uh, was a big sports fan in the '90s. Because I am a Packers fan, so oh. Brett Favre very important to my family. Okay, All I grew right. up in Chicago, so Michael Jordan in the '90s. Oh, there you big go. F and deal. Yeah, but apparently Tobias is into hockey. Ringret's great. Yeah, also great. So a very good. A very so, not-California <laughs> series of references. Interesting. I mean,
2: like, Wayne Gretzky is certainly, like, the go-to hockey star, but it's weird that, like, California kids are into hockey at all. Yeah,
0: I mean, and... and
2: As Brett Favre, would he have been, like, the biggest name
0: in... Probably, but also there are some great sports stars on the 49ers in, mm. in the 90s. Yeah, you'd think
2: probably it was... The author's not just thinking about it. But, like, I wonder how much it's like, you know, they can't tell us who they are or where they live. Is Rachel, like, disguising the sports star references so
0: that's not like, oh, yeah, these kids definitely live near L.A. or something? I mean, listen, California did not at the time. I think the Lakers weren't as big as they were. So maybe they're just going with biggest sports star anywhere in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not being regional specific. But I did think that was quite funny. Okay. This isn't related to anything we were just talking about, but... So
2: Rachel's in Chapman's office. She's asking Chapman how she looked on TV. And he's like, very self-possessed, very attractive, and very mature. And I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> You're being the assistant principal here? You just called your like 13-ish-year-old student very attractive? Yucky.
1: I'm, I'm not surprised, given yeah. <laughs> who Chapman is.
2: That's true. That's true. It, but like, it doesn't even register that by, it's a, like that it's a weird thing. It's a
1: weird thing, yeah.
2: I mean, I, I assume it was just in a, like, very well put together, very mature. But, like, what a weird word choice.
1: Right. Yeah. It is weird that it's not addressed. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. So in that scene, she says, oh, yeah, Chapman, you know, is, like, the example of, like, a, your could be anyone. He's just a normal-looking guy, a little <laughs> bald, but really normal-looking. Right?
2: A little bald, but normal-looking. Later, yeah. when she
1: finds out that uh, Jeremy Jason's going to become a voluntary controller which she just can't understand she's she says i felt cold fury what kind of human being would sell out his own species
2: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually
1: we already we know this now <laughs> chapman chapman is that kind of person she and the actually, one that rachel like, thinks literally totally, trying to
2: sell his entire right right right
1: but rachel again just can't even doesn't suspect him of that right and actually from what she knows of chapman he's fairly sympathetic yeah, he cares about true. his daughter that's right?
2: true like the host yeah Okay, I just ran across this. This is gonna be so disorganized, I'm sorry. The Visser hesitated. Ah splitting up, eh? Well that will only affect the order in which I kill each of you. What have I heard the human children say? Ah yes, Eeny Meeny miny moo.
1: And Rachel's like, <laughs> I almost said it's Mo, you jerk. Mo, not Moo. which is kind of it's kind of a brilliant strategy actually, to keep using is. human culture and try yeah. and call them out. But Just be a I, little I guess, bit off
2: to see if they'll correct him. Right. It's probably not his strategy, but it's sort no, of like how the, how the how the keep accidentally using psychological warfare on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the Visser is accidentally like human baiting them. Mm-hmm. Gray, did you have thoughts about the Z space stuff? Ugh.
1: <laughs> it gets. It's getting more complicated.
0: It doesn't make any sense.
2: Apparently there's excess matter in Z-Space that you can use to form an entire crocodile that will emerge from your back
0: during this allergic reaction. Which is so gross. It is, yeah. Like, what would that look like? <laughs> A 20-foot crocodile splorches out of her spine. That's Good not bird. the word they use. Good but bird. That's what I insist on thinking of it as. And then... Her <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite parts about this last chapter. So she, if I'm understanding this correctly, her brain is kind of in both, is kind of both herself and the crocodile, but they're two different bodies little, so that for, how this a, is for a little while. I for just think. a little the first bit. thing that happens
1: yeah. is her brain, the crocodile's brain, kind of morphs into her body and then mm. starts growing out of her.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for a while,
2: yes, she's like human, but has a crocodile brain surfacing under hers and she keeps running around
0: and biting people. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So <laughs> so the reaction that she has to that is as a human, she thinks she's a crocodile and she's wandering around <laughs> biting people. Thinking she's a crocodile, and instead, human mouths just aren't that powerful, I think is how they put yeah. it. So <laughs> she bites my can I blood. Can I read yeah. some of this? Yes, yeah, please, please do. Please so do. do. Um,
1: Axe had mentioned that the hair of the lens is extremely unpleasant. It started with a wave of such intense nausea, I almost launched my lunch right then and there. But behind the sick stomach came something much worse, total disorientation. My body was rejecting the crocodile DNA, but the croc inside me didn't go peacefully. Before it could leave, it surfaced inside me. I could feel the cold, calculating crocodile mind bubbling up within my own. I was losing control of my own body. At exactly the same time, in the same body, two completely separate brains were looking out at the world through my eyes. The croc was nervous. He wasn't used to this. He didn't know where he was. But crocodiles aren't just brainless, ruthless killing machines. They are smart, ruthless killing machines. And the crocodile got right past the fact that it was in a place no crocodile should ever be. It got right to the important stuff. It focused on what it needed to do. And what it needed to do was eat. The crocodile tried to swish its tail. But it didn't have a tail. So it shook my... Hour? No. My butt. Before I could even resist, I was racing across the floor, waving my arms like an idiot and shuffling like a demented lunatic. I raced right at Jeremy Jason McCall, right at him, with my massive crocodile jaws open for the quick kill. Except that I didn't have crocodile jaws. Ah, Jeremy Jason yelled as I bit down on his shoulder.
0: (laughs) Keep going.
1: I, I, that's where
0: I stop. My if you want to I keep think breathing. Cassie's like, she's just a big fan. Cassie grabbed me and yanked me off him. She's a big fan, Jeremy Jason. She loves you. Get this crazy girl away from me, She tried Jason. to bite
1: Cassie. I tried to
0: bite Cassie. And then they... She
1: bites Marco. And then, yeah, so
0: then <laughs> he, she bites Marco. I bit Marco on the neck. Fortunately, human teeth aren't very deadly. Like, it's just... So funny because you can imagine this, like, tall, beautiful, blonde girl running around just biting people <laughs> on the neck.
1: And we know she has a lot of teeth. That's
0: so. <laughs> true. She has so
2: many teeth. 10,000 bright white teeth. <laughs>
1: but this, the whole, the fact that you're, like, summoning this excess mass from Z-Space and then you're creating a new creature. What is, what is the mental state of a, of a newly born creature that only <laughs> has instincts but no memories? Or, like, yeah. is somehow it getting a new brain out of z-space or like
2: yeah i mean i think it's like the crocodile that emerges from her like has a full crocodile brain i don't know to what extent crocodiles normally have memories but presumably this one would just have wouldn't have any memories it would just have the instincts of an adult crocodile whatever that means
1: but it's like what
2: <laughs> as rachel says once he starts in about z-space we all just kind of glaze over
0: <laughs> i don't think it's a <laughs>
1: Couldn't you, I mean, it would be very unpleasant, but couldn't you create as many crocodiles as you wanted by, like, reacquiring the DNA of different crocodiles and then expelling them? Yes,
2: you could. But why?
1: And, like, what if if you were allergic to another person's DNA? What would happen (gasps) to that person?
2: This is the best question. Okay, well, first of all, it seemed like She's maybe. allergic to crocodile DNA, not to this crocodile's DNA. So presumably if she's allergic to human DNA, she has a different problem.
1: But people so, have like blood types that are incompatible. That's right? true. So, okay. so maybe
2: you have like acquired an incompatible human and you are allergic to it and you accidentally clone the human as part of like getting a with re-emergent. no memories, right? That's the problem. With
1: like no humans mis- definitely need, need.
2: Yeah, humans aren't born with that many effective instincts. right. Oh, that would be horrifying. It would be right. like a I don't know. It would have, I guess, the cognitive abilities of an adult or like a teenage human, but like it wouldn't have any it like would, it wouldn't
1: have or... any way to understand the inputs into its brain. <laughs> like
0: Wow. Yeah, it would just be instincts. Yeah. Although
1: Again. It's no, sort you're of... right,
2: because it's not determined by DNA, so there'd be no way to record what the uh, Yeah, like, what the human remembers. I
0: mean, we could ask Cassie or Axe about morphing a human from DNA. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's a little different, right? Because, like, what they get of the animal while they're
2: in morph, like, their brain is in control. So I've always kind of assumed it's only, like, part of, like, the animal brain is there, but it's, like sort of subsumed by theirs so it wouldn't be quite the same like i'm not sure you could perceive the entire brain isn't it
1: going to be weird in like 10 years when cassie and axe can still morph 13 year old jake (gasps) and rachel
2: yes that's it's going to be really weird. can you
1: acquire can you reacquire someone's dna when they're older
2: Whoa! I guess do your morphs oh, just age during the two can't. hours when you're morphing
1: them? Like,
2: <laughs> oh, do you, do they age like age way up or just like? No,
1: no, no I'm just saying like
2: oh, like progressively. Relatively, like if you morph
0: if she morphed Rachel again, she'd be a few yeah, months older than when she. Because I, I
1: have no idea how DNA ages in like real science.
0: It's very important to me that you cut everything I'm about to say. Okay. But what I really have questions about is the sex implications of this, because if Cassie and Jake (sighs) grow up and get married, but right now as 13 year olds, they acquire each other's DNA. Whoa. Then when they're adults, <laughs> could they morph back into their younger selves, or like their sixteen-year-old Let's not make <laughs> and just have like really good refractory yeah. periods. <laughs> just be like, hey, let's be teenagers again with all of the hormones of being sixteen instead of all of our like you know middle-aged uh, inabilities and like just mm-hmm. go at each other as sixteen-year-olds. But we'd have to switch because I'm not morphing my own thirteen-year-old DNA. As you can't morph right. right. your own thirteen-year-old so
2: DNA. To so also that's Cassidy
0: in Jake's thirteen-year-old
2: body. Having sex with herself as a thirteen-year-old. Just saying, I think there are
0: a lot but, of unexplained okay, But if Cassie Here, is herself.
2: in Jake's body, is she attracted to
0: herself?
1: Well, like, yes, to- because according to Acts, he finds Rachel attractive when he's in human boy morph.
0: Oh, that's mm. true. Okay. I mean, mostly I have the I had this thought
1: during the book
0: <laughs> because I thought. Now Cassie has morphed Rachel. Rachel is very self-confident knows how pretty she is. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, I'd hit that. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was yeah, cool. I was expecting her to you know what, I am pretty. <laughs> <I'm very laughs> pretty. I thought I was okay, but actually from the outside. <laughs> Let's
0: go find a broom closet. Other <laughs> me? Yeah,
1: I think there's a whole
0: yeah. range of
1: unexplored things here. With- of
2: course, if Cassie's in Rachel's body and Rachel's like into herself, then maybe she'd be on board with- <laughs> We should definitely cut this. That's what I was,
1: was saying. Okay, okay but, go back to the Okay, room. but also, also, <laughs> you can effectively if you can morph double the length of your life with this same strategy, right? So you could you could basically they could like wait until they're uh 80 and then Whoa. morph their opposite teenage selves and then get stuck so you don't have morphing for the second half of your life right whatever but presumably, you get another that, like 60 works, years yeah. unless your like brain whatever. decays or something It's right? brilliant
0: but. though yeah
2: And I feel like that would just be a nice thing, even if you don't do that, to be like, oh, man, I'm like, you know, 60. I'm like, all my joints hurt. And I just want to be like a 13-year-old for two hours. We've learned morphing
1: technology isn't that old relative to Andalites. So it's not like this opportunity has existed for the Andalites forever. Mm. Right? So like, yeah. Maybe that's why they
0: lived
1: to 200. Well, no, I'm just saying morphing technology (laughs) has only been around for like 50 years. Yeah, okay,
0: that's true. That's true. But if you're in that same vein, if you're 60 years old and kind of feeling arthritic, if you morphed a much younger bird, then you get where you're <laughs> going much faster and have a much more fun time getting there than having to it's walk. It's very convenient technology. Yeah, I, I want the same series of books, the Animorphs, except instead of it being five teenagers, it's five like octogenarians
2: oh who no one suspects because they're 80 they like can barely walk maybe i don't know it exactly. depends on the 80 year old but like yeah and so but they morph into like yeah these very powerful animals uh-huh. and can do all this
0: stuff i love it and they have much more life experience and they can really oh, make yes it they would have
2: much more wisdom
0: hmm Okay, I feel like some of that can be included in
2: some of <laughs> Good luck, Chad. When you start talking about the lifespan thing, I feel like oh, yeah. that's yeah, think, Go back I think that.
1: our listeners want to hear the sex stuff, too. <laughs> it's it true. was not particularly explicit. I don't think we no, need to make true. it more explicit.
2: We don't need to describe what Rachel and her other self do in that broom closet.
1: <laughs> we can save that for Tumblr.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm sure that this exists. This, this fan fiction exist. must exist.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. I need to do more investigating. We can revisit
1: this issue at like a fanfiction review yeah. once it's safe. Which
2: we definitely need to do. Once it's yeah. safe for
1: Grey. I feel yeah. like <laughs> Archive of Our Own must be full of spoilers.
2: Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. bothered looking. But... Don't look. Mm-mm, it's not safe. All right. So, other things.
1: So, I feel like there are some good... You were talking before, Jenny, about classic group dynamic moments. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's some good um, Marco stuff. So when they're flying out to the yacht, Tobias is like, oh, I can see it from three miles away. And this is the name of the boat. And Marco totally calls him out, being like, wait like, a second. That. I've been a bird. You can't read that. And Tobias is like, all right, you got me. You got me. I may be overstating how much of an awesome bird boy the I am.
2: first letter.
1: Right. And then later when they're talking about how... So it's great that Cassie and Rachel, when they like see... Jeremy Jason McCall on the yacht, they're like, oh my god, he's wearing a bathing suit. And they keep being like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. When they're looking at him. we Women heads. allowed to be attracted
2: and, to people. Exactly. And
1: then but like Marco can't take it, obviously, because he's Marco. And he's like, This mission, this mission is dumb. Like, you know, Rachel, this is it was right after the I didn't even know you were capable of normal human affection. And then he says, And Cassie, I thought you only cared about animals. Animals like skunks and snakes and Jake. Hee <laughs> hee. <laughs>
2: And Which then I love. Jake is immediately like, okay, enough messing around. Type of mission. <laughs> <laughs> but it also reinforces like, Margot has no idea about Rachel and Tobias.
1: It's true. Mm. Yeah. And then Tobias has a great secret leader Tobias moment when Rachel's getting told off by the group yes. at the beginning, where Tobias is like, Um, why do not you just point out to Jake what would he do if he were in that situation with the kid falling into the crocodile pit? And that totally works, because Jake is like, well, just because I wouldn't have done the same thing doesn't mean, you know, do as I say, not as I do.
2: Yeah, that is very Mm -hmm. much Jake's thing, because he's also 13 and, like, kind of smart, but, like, also does dumb stuff. Yeah. Uh, Another, like, Marco moment when he's the llama. He's like, who else would be this cute? Check out this fur. Check out this little llama smile on my little llama face. He is so obsessed with being cute. This is it's like true. a real problem for him. I I hope he's okay.
1: And he's never going to know that Jordan thinks he's cute.
2: That's true. <laughs>
1: so it's not all in Marco's head.
2: Yes, I don't no, think he confirmed. would care. If,
1: I, how old is Jordan? Like 11 or something? Like 11. He wouldn't care if an 11-year-old girl thought he was cute. No. But. Um, but
2: it would, I mean, he would really enjoy it. Like, he certainly would enjoy that the it was Rachel's sister. His yeah. Yeah. He would come around to Rachel's house and just like bask in the, just the knowledge
0: that like mm-hmm. he's being admired. Yeah. The other interesting Tobias moment was when Rachel's like kind of freaking out about things and she yells at him and he's just like, okay, <laughs> I see something is happening. I don't know what it is. He doesn't press. He just. Wait, when does this listens? happen? She turns into a seagull and then she yells at him. Um, oh, right. When she turns into a seagull. And I guess part of the allergy is that she kind of loses control
2: of the seagull mind when she wouldn't normally.
0: Yes. And so he, he says, That's right. you know, hey, what happened? And she, her reaction, and she says this earlier, her reaction to being scared, I think, is she gets angry. Yeah, which is a really self-aware thing. She's like, I get snippy when I'm scared. That's it. And so she does that to him. She he says, "Are you okay?" She's, "Yeah, I'm fine. All right. I just wish everyone would stop asking me how I am. I'm fine." And then she's still mad for no reason, so she snaps at him again. Of course, I know the way to the beach, and he just goes, "Okay, see you there." (laughs) Okay, Rachel. (laughs) Tobias, good reaction. Sometimes people are just in a bad mood, and you got to let them be in a bad mood. Yep. I thought this was an interesting characterization of Jake and how he deals
2: with anger he says or she says Jake isn't a yelling kind of person when he's mad he's a grinding his teeth pacing and talking in a low silky voice kind of person
0: the silky voice Which, is so weird
2: it's it's a little it's a little weird but it's so different than how he reacted to Cassie in book nine mm-hmm.
1: uh-huh.
2: and I, I think yeah. yeah and she wasn't there for that so that must have been very out of character
1: for him mm-hmm. right I think it was and Marco, yeah. like because Marco even oh yeah like, Marco's dude. that's right Jill. The silky voice thing is then immediately followed by, I would probably think Jake was good-looking, except that he's my cousin. What's wrong with this family?
2: <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing wrong with this family. It's just that they have to express the good-lookingness of the people. It's just... It's I, th- but so I, I, I guess you're
1: right, because they're the only ones that are related. But like, yeah. it, what it seems like is just that these cousins are kind of into each other <laughs> and feel the need to disclaim it, which we, is weird. We it's also really learned weird. that
2: apparently... Rachel's grandmother is a very difficult person At least oh, yeah. Yeah. That Rachel's mom and Rachel's mom's mom do not have a good relationship And that's like the only hint we've ever had of their other extended family Alright,
1: well so Is that Jake's side of the family?
2: It's not Jake's side of the family I don't think we know that yet though
1: Okay, well the, 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 here's where I'm going with this though Because I think we learned that Rachel's dad is really good looking Because in the TV studio, Uh, the the makeup girl is flirting with him Mm -hmm. and Rachel finds it kind of annoying. So maybe that's where Rachel gets her good looks. And that's also – if that's Jake's side of the family, right, then it kind of makes (laughs) sense. It's a very good-looking family. They're a very good-looking family.
0: Yeah. I mean, TV personality has got to be pretty. I do think that this – the good-looking thing, it's something that we've talked about before. But the fact that every single one of these books, 12 so far – have repeatedly pointed out how good looking these children are. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. It, it's yeah. so unnecessary. It does not matter wh- what Jake looks like. We have gotten enough information in that same page about how he gets angry and how his leadership style works. That is enough information about him. It does not matter if he is good looking. Similarly, whether Cassie is good looking or Marco is cute or whatever. It's so weird that these books keep telling it's, it's me weird. about yeah. these thirteen-year-olds being cute. I mean, I feel like
2: you were saying like children and thirteen-year-olds. Like they, it's meant to be read to like other children. Like it's no. not like it's a creepy like adults thinking children is cute. Children no, it's are cute true. Thing, but it's just still weird.
1: Well, it's it's like you're a Jordan reading yeah, about Martha yes, being exactly
2: cute, right, right. Yeah, I mean, maybe they Fair. want to open up the opportunity for kids to have crushes on their characters. Uh, yeah, though this is this one. Tobias was not described as like formerly good looking in this one. Dweebish should, can kind of crazed, a dweebish hair and a dreamy expression. I mean, that's kind of nice, I guess. But like, dweebish is a little
1: yeah,
0: harsh. yeah.
1: Especially because there's no other like she doesn't have any other feeling for him.
2: Right. I mean, expressed. there there are a few references to like. You know, she, like, leaves her window open. Sometimes Tobias comes by. Like, it's not totally not there, but it's not the focus of this book. Mm. Mm -hmm. This was one of the earlier ones that I read. I think I read, like, because I had read, like, four through, like, maybe 12 or something. And, you know, I'd missed a few in there. I think I didn't realize
0: when I read this book yet. Like, I didn't know yet that Uh, they had a thing. mm -hmm. And this book didn't tell me. I didn't know it, but they do. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> it's important. Yeah, if you
1: maybe. miss two and three, that's kind of where it gets yeah, established. Yeah. So, Gray, what did you think of the first allergy morphing when it was going down?
0: Um, so the what actually caught my attention was when she first acquires the crocodile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's clear that something is not right about it. Yeah. Actually, so what I thought was, oh, I bet that's what the title is about.
1: Yeah, um that is correct. The first,
0: For the first time ever, I felt sick to my stomach while acquiring the, the crocodile. A swarm of heat prickles, queasy stomach, and nerves were the least of my problems, she says. And I thought, mm, I bet that's going to be important. <laughs> so she, she has this reaction as she's acquiring the crocodile, but she morphs into it without a problem, which I think is kind of interesting. I would expect maybe something different to happen. And then that evening, she feels... she. <laughs> Jake is yelling at her, and she says, "I considered mentioning the way I felt sick while morphing the crocodile, but I decided against it. Why give Jake something else to worry about? I mean, yeah, but also, <laughs> this is the kind of thing. I'm adding that, by the way, to my list of rules for these kids.
2: Oh, very good one.
0: If anything weird, just anything tell weird. each
2: other about anything weird, even if you think it's not going to be a thing. If you're having jungle hallucinations, tell yeah. each other. It doesn't hurt. Too just... weird acquiring an animal."
1: Also, maybe they could just have Axe give them like weird morphing edge cases (laughs) one-on-one. Seems like there's a lot that nobody has explained to them yet.
0: I mean, the fact that no one else has had this is actually kind of impressive. And there's no sense, at least I don't remember there being any indication when Axe is telling them about this, about what exactly it is that... Gave her that allergy, know. like it's just she has help. a weird random <laughs> yeah, it's allergy. Like a, an allergy. or
1: something. Yeah. yeah,
0: so it's not like a you know, my personality and the crocodile's personality do not mesh, unlike me and the bear, so therefore I'm allergic to the crocodile. It's nothing <laughs> no, I feel like, like, I feel like that. Like and she, Cassie would, definitely she would definitely
1: work not well able with to it. Rachel, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just an allergy, and I thought that was really so. That's interesting. They also have acquired an awful lot of animals, mm-hmm. and what we know. What I think we know about the Andalites is they don't do this a ton, yeah, right. And so maybe it is more if you were if they were acquiring more animals, maybe this wouldn't be a weird edge use case. Maybe it happens one every, I'm guessing twenty animals that you acquire you're allergic to. But they have yeah, acquired it. I feel like they have more animals than that. Yeah. I mean, each of them has acquired probably 20-ish animals yeah, maybe, yeah. right? And so the fact that they haven't had this come up before is actually kind of impressive. I mean, it might just be really rare. Yeah. I don't know. It's sort of interesting. But yeah. And then she morphs between – the what the allergy does is she morphs without thinking about it, like without having to concentrate, and then can morph between animals. Yeah also involuntarily Um, yeah so the first time it happens she goes crocodile in her bedroom and then morphs to an ant and then immediately to the elephant and that's when the house caves in oh no uh, sorry fly it's fly it's a fly not an ant the ant is later and then to the elephant and that's a really interesting side effect, and one that I actually think is quite helpful, if only there it
2: were yeah, you know, voluntary. Well, like, right, it's
0: really good that she wasn't revealed as a human in front
2: of...
1: And viruses, we don't right. know, does it reset the morphing clock? Ooh. Is this an artificial limit of morphing technology? Because it's like a technology, right? Yeah, like, I was
2: wondering, like, I feel maybe like Maybe there's an
1: unexplored frontier. Of... If it's
2: possible to do it in this context, like, the Animorphs have already tried, so I guess they can't do it with the power they've been given... But I feel like the Andalites could probably, you know, morphing cube 2.0 is going to have, like, the ability to morph from one animal to another.
1: And if you could, you could imagine a situation where you have, like, special ops that develop an allergy to one of two different animals, and they're the only two morphs that they have. And then you can morph back and forth between, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if you you limit the morphs that you have, then you're always going to be an Andalite or a grizzly bear or... Oh. an elephant or something. And so if you can keep morphing between the two of them indiscriminately and you just get really angry, then yeah. that could actually be useful.
2: That's interesting. I wonder I don't think there's any way to unacquire DNA you know, you've acquired except by being allergic to it and having it like escape right. your body. So but that's interesting you can't like, you know, wipe your morph hard drive right but
1: maybe that could also be a process where you expel Mm, the animals and go back to clean slate
2: i wonder if you have to do it by expelling the actual we haven't even
1: touched where the excess mass in z-space comes from
2: it's just excess matter floating in but like
1: did she did she steal it from like some other like you know andalite's mass balloon and now that andalite can't morph out or is it um, nothlet's not dna like is is that crocodile park tobias
2: so my assumption, based on, like, what it said in the text, is that there just is some free-floating matter. It's just there. It's just, you know, kind of neutral. There's, Every you know, balloon of mass
1: has a story, Johnny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't the implication I took from what X said. It could still be true. But it seems like, you know, it's there's just sort of like a random quantity
0: of some mass that exists in Z-space. I don't know. It is... Somewhat explained, or uh, somewhat unexplained. Still, they have not, I think, taken full advantage of Axe's knowledge, no. as perhaps patchy as it may be, since he <laughs> didn't pay a ton of attention to this stuff. But like, he knew about the allergy thing. I he know, knew the terms. He knew it. the yeah. He knows the words. I would imagine if this is a must very, very unusual rare. case, yeah. that it's actually quite impressive that he knows exactly how she's going to have to expel this. Like, I don't uh-huh. know all of the... I wonder if they give them training in that when they give them the morphing power. But then the other thing, they, I don't think that they have, like, sat him down so far and asked him like, some okay, what do you know? my yeah. questions about morphing. Like, do we have a limit on the number of animals we can morph? It's a question that we had right. early on and yeah. has not yet been... Really addressed, and you can see why the books wouldn't want to because they want to preserve things for future plots. But like, Mm -hmm. you'd think the Animorphs would want to. I want to know, yeah. Tell me whether Rachel is one of Cassie's limited number of morphs. (laughs) (laughs) What I
2: want to know so it's not that I want to know, I'm happy to know. What I know now is that Angelites don't sneeze.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Such a funny do you have that pulled on? I don't. I just wrote down Andolites don't sneeze. This is so this is so amazing. So this is axe trying to explain to them what happens when you do this Hereth Lint process. Mm-hmm. A literal translation would be something like burping DNA.
2: So poetic. They don't burp either
0: though. They so do not. Since we have no mouth this through th- their hooves. Right. We don't have phrases like spitting out or vomiting up. Hereth is what we say instead.
2: It wasn't like ejecting DNA or anything. It was burping.
0: Right. So you have to be very calm. And then he says, it's like when you humans suddenly make violent exhalations through your nostrils and shout a chew. (laughs) (laughs) Sneezing. You're saying I've been sneezing. It's just very funny. Yeah, they don't sneeze. They don't burp. No, no. But
2: yeah, they don't burp. And yet that is his translation. I mean, I guess he's borrowing the human word.
0: Yeah. Expel something. Yeah. I wonder what that word actually means.
2: <laughs> he didn't want to say. <laughs> it's like the name of the York Lumber Company. He just doesn't want to translate it, really... it for them. So I have a question. This is an example of the Yorks actually having pretty decent strategy for once. They're like, we want to get a lot of people recruited. Okay, let's find someone really popular, like the influencer of mm-hmm. the day, and get him to recruit all of these these young girls to the sharing. What or who would the Yerkes use today? Hmm. Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, not a bad choice. I wonder if it would be like, you know how like YouTube stars and like, you know, all the, all the influencers get like endorsements. And there are like some companies that seem really into that. I wonder if the sharing would be one of those. Like, I don't know, discount on dues to the sharing if you put in my like membership code or
0: something. Shawn Mendez? Who is that? Mm.
2: <laughs>
0: we clearly are not the target audience, so it would be no. tough to uh, tough to gauge. I'm looking at Teen Choice Award winners. Oh, okay. Uh, they haven't done the 2019 one, so I'm looking at the 2018 Teen Choice Award winners. Mm. People really like the Riverdale, Riverdale. Oh, I love yeah.
1: That. Ariana Grande. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm. I don't know.
2: We don't know. We're not teens. <laughs>
0: Breakout movie stars, Nick Brown, I'm please. sure it would be someone where
2: we'd be like, eh, whatever, it's just this random star. Like, what? what's the big deal? And then, like, two 13-year-old girls will be like, are you kidding? This is the biggest danger the planet has ever faced. Right, right. I was
0: thinking, so we mentioned earlier that the sort of making fun of teen girls for their mm-hmm. love for, for teen movie stars – what it reminded me of was there was a bunch of jokes on a recent episode of SNL mm-hmm. about the audience because most of the people in the audience were there because there was a K-pop group oh. on SNL uh-huh. for the first time and they're incredibly popular. Uh-huh. Never heard of them. Maybe before that's myself. maybe that's who uh, the yeah. choose. And the the people on SNL and then the talk shows afterwards kept making fun of the audience for like you're only here because of like this group and if this group were on a deserted island like you would follow them to that. Deserted island, and the audience was like, "Yes, that is why we're <laughs> That's here." That's not even a joke. That's just yeah, the truth. We joke. don't care.
1: We're not going to yeah. interact at <laughs> all with not... stupid bits like, <laughs> I understand that you're making the fun, music.
0: but it was so interesting because it was it, they were very scornful, like the mm. the hosts and the, yeah. the people talking about them were just. I can't believe you're only here for this group, and the audience was just cheering. They were like, "Yeah, yeah, it's yeah amazing we Like we love them. Well, it's so funny. It's like so here funny. are people who make
2: their living on fans. Like they are. You know, they yeah. survive because people want to watch them do the thing that they do in entertainment, mm-hmm. and yet they're scornful of this group that has, like, it would be kind of threatening if they weren't, right? Here's this yeah. group with enormous popularity. The only way to be, like, not feel like this group is above them is to be like, oh, but their fans are dumb. Their mm-hmm. fans like them for dumb reasons.
0: Right. And it's like, hey, Colin Jost, shut up. People are in your audience. Yeah. Maybe don't make fun of that. <laughs> Stop feeling insecure about how they like the K-pop group better than you. Yeah. It was very funny. But I thought it was interesting that they were still making fun of teen girls for liking what they like.
2: This is a a very antics-focused book. I really liked it. And therefore, our comments were also episodic. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's true. Shall I look at the next one? Yeah. The change. Wait, wait, wait. Before you look it up. Okay, so whose book is it? It's gonna be a Tobias. What do you think he's turning into on the
0: cover? I bet he's turning into a bird. Wow! Is he turning? This is a is daring. It, is it just a picture of the bird?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's called the <a> change. It's <laughs> a picture it's just... <laughs> of a bird. It's
0: <laughs> <There's> just... <laughs> <in the> <laughs> amazing. Well, you should oh look up God. and find out. <laughs> and tell us. I really, really want that to be true, but it's not. But I want it to be true. Um. Okay, it's not true. <laughs> How Tobias is changing into a bird on the cover, despite yeah, the fact yeah. that clearly... That's I mean, nice they have TV. a cover formula. What do you want them to do? I want them to just have a picture of the bird. <laughs>
2: there's, <laughs> just, there's a bird, and then three identical birds, and then an
0: identical bird. <laughs> uh, it's a Tobias book. I'm delighted. Um, Yay! The... <laughs> Yeah, the young boy portraying Tobias on this cover has a very 90s bowl cut and it is not. Is he
2: still brown
0: haired? Yeah, he's not he's, he's still brown haired. Why are they finding another Jake lookalike? He does look just like Jake, Tobias's actually. Tobias's covers. I'm uh, mad. Yeah, it's not it's not great. And unfortunately the cover blurb is just be afraid, which is very huh. unhelpful for me. Well, it's good advice, I guess. Okay. Based to the yurks.
1: I'm going to be honest, if you get anywhere close to the plot of this book, I'm going to be so proud of you.
0: <laughs> Me too. Okay, go for it. Ooh,
2: okay. All right. I will say that some of our fans on Tumblr are very impressed with
0: your ability to predict plots. <laughs> they should not be. Uh, this
1: is way <laughs> too much pressure between the two, the, those two comments. Shoot.
0: Oh, no. Um, okay, let's see. It's a Tobias book. It's going to be all about the change in Rachel and Tobias' status. <sighs> They're oh, going to go official. They don't have Facebook yet. What will make it official? Uh, MySpace. Oh, okay. They'll be MySpace they're official. They're going to put <laughs> each other as the top, their top friend on MySpace, which oh, is wow. how that worked. Wow. Um, and Rachel and Tobias are going to go off on an adventure to uh, back to the lake. We haven't been to the lake in a little while, I think. Oh, yeah. And so they're going to go off to the lake together and... Shoot. Uh, Will the, the yurks get involved do? in any way. Yeah, the yerks <laughs> are gonna do a thing. What are they gonna do? Um, they okay, so we've had movie stars, we've had the president, um, uh, okay, this time it's gonna be a sports star. Okay, all yeah, right. And they're gonna they're gonna try and track down a sports star and uh, and infect him with a yerk. Okay. I've got nothing, you guys. This, this is very unhelpful. Everything about but this. But you no. know that you should be afraid, which is I should helpful. be afraid. I always am. All right, well we'll
2: find out next time in morphology, the change. Oh, it, wow. I keep thinking well, it can get
0: crazier, and then it does. Yeah.
1: You may see nothing yet, right?
2: Um This also, book was such a joy, though.
0: It was the perfect reading, weekend reading. Oh. It was just so funny. If you want to find us, we are at anamorphology.com and at anamorphology on Twitter. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And don't forget to rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends.
1: And if you want to read along, you can find a link to the Animorphs e-books on our website. Grace, or something.
0: Um, something.